Hello, Happy New Year and welcome back to Upstage the Podcast, your regular dose of theatre news and reviews. I'm Rachel. And I'm Abby. We took a longer hiatus than planned. Whoops. In the end, I was on holiday and then it was Christmas and it was just very busy. It's just life happens a lot, you know. Life does happen a lot, yeah. It, there's too much sometimes. But now it is January and there's nothing interesting going on. So we're back. I love that you say that as if we're only doing this because we're This is really the interesting thing that we've got going on. No, no, I did miss this. And now we have microphones, so it's almost like we're professionals. Almost. <laughs> so we're back. And today we are, we did this last year. You can call it tradition if you've done it twice, mm. right? The second annual. The second annual. Upstaged review. Upstaged end of year review. So we're going to look back at things we saw in 2018. Some highlights, maybe some disappointments. Not low lights, just disappointments and that's what we're going to talk about today we don't have any theater news for you because it's been a quiet time not much has been going on and in our next episode we are going to do a 2019 preview so there'll be a lot of casting news and stuff in that episode so watch out for that at the end of jan but for now let's start with our favorite theater of 2018 abby give us a show Okay, so this is the first show that both of us saw in 2018, I think, and is the top of our list and pretty much every West End goer's list, probably. It's cliche, it's Hamilton. It is. There's, I mean, it, it, there's a reason it's a cliche because it is just so good. Yeah. The hype is deserved. It completely lived up to the hype in every aspect, I thought. I think we probably because we saw it the first time that we saw it, we were row C, which was mm. just fluke. It was just luck that we got such good seats. But that really sort of added to the immersiveness of the experience, I thought. Also, I think because we've just been waiting to see it for so long that obviously we had, we said this a year ago when we reviewed Hamilton, but we had such high expectations and they were completely met. Yeah. And also that was just, I think because it was so early in the run, because it only opened in December, there was this kind of anticipation in the room generally. So everyone who was there had been there on that kind of first day tickets went on sale to make sure they got them and had been waiting as eagerly as we had to see the show. So it was just like, it was kind of real m- magical feeling in the room. And it was, yeah, just every moment of silence was perfect. And it was every a great cheer audience, was perfect. Because it was a proper theatre going audience. Yeah. Like, I can't remember anyone having like rustly sweets. Yeah. I can't remember anyone like people just clapping or laughing at the wrong time. Yeah, it they were just, just totally engaged. Yes, all the way through. The cast were obviously incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them are still in the show after the cast change. If you haven't been to see Hamilton yet, um, you can still see Jamil Westman and our favourite, Cleve September. And Taryn Callender. Taryn Callender, Rochelle Ango. Lots of them are still still there. And then obviously, shout out to the set because that. I think it's the best use of a revolving turntable that I've seen. I'd agree. And also the choreography, everything. It's just every aspect of that show is so beautifully done. Like, I don't know why we're talking so much about how good Hamilton is because like literally everyone knows how good Hamilton is. But like everyone Hamilton has is that seen good. Hamilton. But it is that good. If you haven't, just, just go. If you, for whatever reason you're not, don't believe the myth that there are no tickets. There are tickets available. There are tickets available You can now. do the it's lottery. not sold out. It's fine. Spend, it's worth spending money on. Mm. just do it the next show that i wanted to mention i think is probably my favorite of 2018 and that was fun home at the young vic so So i hadn't really listened to much of the score before i mean i knew ring of keys because everybody knows ring of keys but i didn't really expect the score to wow me as much as it did i agree and i also hadn't i'd only ever seen that performance like on the tony award stage like i didn't know 
how the rest of it was going to be staged. And so one of my favourite theatre moments of the year was, well, lots of parts of Fun Home, but the massive set reveal where it, um, it, I don't know, a wall at the back goes up and it just, the stage seems like it triples in size. And I just like that kind of theatre magic. Yeah. I also think with Fun Home that I have listened to it a couple of times since we went to see it, but it's not one I listen to a lot. Even though I do think the music on its own is good, but I think it's written... It really is written in a way that isn't as common with modern musicals or like definitely popular modern musicals. It's really written to be in the theatre for you to like go on that narrative journey, seeing the action on stage. It's just, although the music is not like not nice, that's such a bland word. It is nice, though. but it is nice. But it's just I think there's it was something particularly captivating about it on stage mm. and the way the story is told, the kind of narrative structure of it is just yeah it was just stunning i'm a little bit surprised that it didn't transfer to a west end i'm very surprised it didn't transfer i mean in some ways i'm quite not glad but i think the young big was a perfect space for it and i think obviously we were front row center when we saw it and i think being that it was like quite an intimate theater and i think that really added to the vibe in the room i would agree yeah I think um, it would lose some of that in a bigger space. I think that's possibly true, but I do think it would it's have obviously limited the audience it got. But yeah. then who knows what audience would have got on the West End because it's still quite a niche. Yeah, well, I suppose it's like you're in town in that sense is that we saw it and it was really small and we wanted it to transfer and then it did and then it just... It, it didn't do so it well. It didn't do so well. And it should have done because it's great, but... Oh, so good. So good. I also just wanted to give a particular shout out to Kaiser Hameland, who was fantastic as Alison, big Alison, and is also going to be in Violet at the Charing Cross Theatre this year. If you're wondering what she's doing next, she is going to be there. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Quite nicely, our top three musicals were exactly the same, even though we compiled our lists independently. Mm -hmm. And the final show that we would like to discuss was Company. Now, did we see... We hadn't seen Company last time we recorded, had we? No, because it was November. Yeah. And we stopped recording in October. We sure did. Whoops, small hiatus. Um, <laughs> Let's review Company. <laughs> company. Turned out we liked it. We liked it a lot. So for those of you who don't know, the current West End production of Company is slightly updated from the original 1970s production. It's a um, Stephen Sondheim musical originally about a man called Bobby who's turning 35 and having a slight meltdown about it because all his friends are coupled off and stuff and he is single basically but it's better than it sounds and in the updated version bobby is played by rosalie craig so is a female bobby and her kind of three main love interests have been switched from female to male and her best friend amy is jamie so it's also gender swapped which i thought just made it so much better now i never I think it like, felt it like just... it was written it felt really relevant. Now, it didn't yeah. feel like there a were, 70s show No, at all. not at all. And there were a couple of small lyric changes, like in one song, someone says something about text me, which obviously yeah. they weren't doing in the 70s. But like, yeah, generally the whole thing just felt like totally fresh. And I think there's certain things that... So I went, I've been to see this show twice and saw it for the second time very recently. But I was kind of thinking a lot more about the characters in their original gender. And I just really think for Bobby, it works flawlessly. I thought the boyfriends being gender swapped worked really well, particularly Andy, who's played by Richard Fleishman, who's like... You would pretty... find Richard Fleishman worked well Look, in he was production. very good. But played by anyone, I think the gender 
dynamic here would work really well because he's like so his character is a very ditzy flight attendant mm. and i just and it's like you know like it talks work. a lot about it being really kind of dumb works. and boring and i just think if that were a woman you'd be like oh this what character again like yeah. ugh. but as a guy you're just like it's it was felt it felt really endearing and it's yeah. quite there's something that's like he didn't feel any less realistic as a character but maybe because it was a character originally written for or as a woman whatever it felt kind of like a character you don't see that much yeah for guys to play and i just yeah then again the set oh yeah the set design was phenomenal how they didn't make any mistakes like they had so many doors to go through and like none of them got slammed nobody got trapped it was just like there was some really cool moments where people just appeared through doors and you're like you were just yeah. on the other side of the stage really like fun witty yeah. kind of yeah it was set pieces really beautifully set designed yeah and it was at times really simple mm. and like kind of generally really simple but then it did really clever things yeah. and like the way it's sort of rather than being a, a kind of narrative piece it's sort of a load of little um what's the word vignettes vignettes is the word thank you rachel mm. loads of little vignettes so like the way that it transitioned from one to another mm. which could have been clunky because there were quite varying set like it just everything was seamless mm. the casting was excellent patty lapone oh like you know when you're just like there is a reason mm. that you are like an icon such a commanding stage presence mind-blowing jonathan bailey i thought was excellent, excellent. just waiting for him to slip up in his song but because he's got all those words he, out. It's, it's a really, really fast song. If you haven't heard it, it's called Getting Married Today. You may have heard it from Glee, which is how I know all the words. Um, but he got all those words out and he was really, really funny. Mel Giedroyk was brilliant in it. Really, really, yeah. re- again, really, really funny. It's a really funny show. I know it it's really a, like is. a comedy, but I didn't expect it to be as witty and as it's it was. Like, I think it's, I mean, taking this back to our first ever podcast episode, because Sondheim's really good. Um, <laughs> and I don't think that he, the people talk uh, enough about, about how, how good Sondheim is. Sondheim is. Um, he just hasn't been recognised in his time. Yeah. Um, but it's like, he has such natural wit that mm. it's just like, it's so, every moment is so real. Mm. And the things and like, so well thought of, out. Yeah. And the sort of couple dynamics mm. that are reflected. I think that's the thing. Like, that's why it f- still feels fresh because ultimately it's about relationships and relationships mm-hmm. don't change that much. Yeah. Um, so where it was updated was like, you know, there's a same sex relationship where that wasn't in the original, mm-hmm. but actually all relationships between people are just kind of all the same kind of, not all the same, but like the same sort of quirks. Yeah. From, you know, it, you'll see stuff, you know, in every one of the couples mm. in the production and in Bobby. And it's just, it's just so good. And if you haven't gone to see company and you're listening to this, you need to go see company just it, you, yeah, uh, it you was just, just need to it all it's one of the rare shows where everything just comes together everything. perfectly yeah and i think it's the way it's been marketed is very much like for a theater audience like the poster doesn't really give much away no it really doesn't then big names are rosie craig names. patty lapone okay mel gidroy but like you know just not small, that, quite and, a small role. Yeah, and Jonathan Bailey. Like they're trying to pull people in with Pat mm. Lapone and Rosalie Craig, really. Yeah. Who are theatre names and the fact that it's Sondheim. But like they're not the poster doesn't say anything to a non theatre audience, which is no. a choice and I think fine, it seems to be doing fine. But I do think it's a shame. Like I went the second time with my mum who's not a musical theatre person mm. and she lo- it's just so clever. Like I just really hope it's reaching a wide enough audience. Mm-hmm to get the recognition deserves. I mean, obviously like award season wise, I think it'll, I mean, it's not oh, a- I'm sure it will clean up at award season. Yeah, it's a revival. As it sort deserves of to. Be a, you know, not in all the categories, but I think, yeah. Like, Company. so good. Also they're doing a cast recording. I'm very excited. No news on and when not that's just coming out. Policeman's on it. 
<laughs> that was one of my favorite numbers of the whole thing actually was um Good. you could drive a person crazy um i also enjoyed matthew seed and young i enjoyed he's the entire much, cast though, is he? no he's not but yeah the whole cast also shout out to the lighting design because that was also Ooh, yes. a lot of neon yeah i like neon very good very nice um very modern very fresh so yeah it's still booking to the end of march if you want to go and see it we would recommend and then a, a quick mention for some non-musical theater some straight plays um so i just wanted to mention three plays that i saw this year that i thought were particularly i saw a lot of there's been a lot of good theater mm. i felt i feel bad like i'm looking at the list of shows i saw and there's so many good things but these are my top three plays I don't know why it feels harder than the shows. I feel like my shows <laughs> yeah. is like immediately these are my top three musicals. Plays is a bit like, oh, I'm not hunt. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Stop talking, Abby. No, keep so- talking. It's a podcast. <laughs> no, yeah. Someone has to talk. Someone. <laughs> silence. It needs to be filled. Um, so the first show I want to talk about is The Inheritance, which is a two-parter to kind of take it down to kind of its narrowest thing. The Inheritance is about a group of gay men living in New York. Like that, uh, the sort of base level of what it is that's what it is but it also talks about sort of the history of lgbt kind of movement and about the aids crisis and about just so many things and i thought just the way that the story was told so i have an issue with two-part shows which is why i was actually really resistant it took me like a good few months to actually finally book tickets for the inheritance i was like look if i'm gonna sit there for like six hours i'm gonna need to think that every moment of that was worth my time because you know with angels in america i thought it was with harry potter and the cursed child i didn't think it was and then that annoys me with the inheritance i think it's an interesting one because with part one i was kind of captivated the whole time but there were moments i was like i don't really know how this is relevant but by the end of part two i'm like oh it was all relevant it all needed to be there it was all i don't know how to it's six hours i don't know how i'm meant to talk like how to kind of condense (laughs) six hours into you know 60 seconds or whatever but if you ever get a chance to see the inheritance as a full work it's just it's so worth seeing it's so cleverly told it's a really interesting way of storytelling so it starts off you're in a kind of writing class and you're talking about how to tell a narrative and it talks about how it's end and then like Ian Forster's kind of a character but kind of not and then you're just with these guys and it's a sort of story of these young men but then at times it's not and at times it is and it's like mm, just so good and at times you're in the 80s and like and then you're, you're in the nows and the characters are just so like I just I think I just cannot stop thinking about the character of Toby if you see like I just he's the sort of character who just got in my mind and I keep just keep going back to I don't know I've, <laughs> I'm not doing words well but it is I saw it's a kind of all over the place show but it's just really it really stayed with me and also I need to mention so the cast were incredible like every member of the cast was incredible but I feel like I need to give a special shout out to Samuel Levine who was just so incredible so he played a lot of actors play kind of various parts but they're generally kind of more secondary roles but Samuel Levine is one of the kind of lead three or four it's a big ensemble piece um and two of the characters he plays are adam and leo who are both very very important in the story very prominent and very different but it's very much a plot point that they are like they look very similar and when they first introduce leo after you've kind of seen adam for a lot i mean by at that point for hours 
I was like, is that the same? We were sat quite far back because theatre is expensive. It took me a little while to be like, oh no, that is the same actor. And then there was one scene where he keeps switching between Adam and Leo, Adam and Leo. And it's just the way his whole body shifted from one to another was like, it was some of the best acting I have seen on a stage. And it was amazing. And I think he is going, he's very young. They're all like pretty much all of them offensively young, but he is going to do amazing things, I'm sure. And he's going to be one of those British actors who's in everything. But yeah, that was, The Inheritance was just so good. Another one that I feel like everyone's talked about how good it is. Like, you know, there's very few things on our list that are going to be massive game changers. Yeah. The next one of my top three plays was The Jungle, another one that people talked a lot about and we talked a lot about in various episodes last year. It was a sort of immersive play about the Calais jungle and the situation of refugees who are having to live there. And it's not like scary immersive, like they don't, they talk to some people, but they don't like, you're not having to like get super involved, but the action's happening all around you. It was at the Playhouse Theatre and they just transformed the whole thing. So you walk in, it looked like kind of, boring generic lovely but you know west end theater Mm. and then as soon as you were into the sort of auditorium area it was everything was like the calais jungle with sort of little restaurants and little shops you walked through a little shop to get to the seating area people were on benches and given food and one of the characters like sort of drunk and flings his drink but it was just water but it was one of those things where it's like everyone in that room it felt like that theatre really mattered. So I think that's maybe what's on my list. And it was really, really lovely to see that on a West End stage and to see producers sort of like, I think I read a Sonia Friedman article where she talked about, or interview, where she talked about how she does the sort of big money makers like Harry Potter so she can do shows like The Jungle. And that's the sort of artistic integrity that is very nice to see in producers. That yes. I think it really, this show really mattered and it must've been really expensive to transform the theatre in that way. But it was so worth it. It was like, yeah, it was just a really incredible experience. And similarly, similarly immersive um, in many ways was Julius Caesar at the Bridge Theatre, which again, I talked about, I'm sure last year was for the kind of mob pit sort of people at the bridge very very immersive they were very involved in all the action the set was like constantly changing incredible set design again like just set design the inheritance was beautiful as well just actually like that's actually what makes theater mm-hmm. i love film and tv and stuff but like that's what makes theater so amazing you watch this and you're just like so many people are involved in making yeah. this so amazing and with yeah. julius Caesar, that was so evident like yes the cast was amazing but what made it a really standout production for me was the way they used the space and the way that everyone was so involved and kind of like rubble was falling like right in front of you. And it felt like you were really, it just makes you just like so drawn into every bit of action. So yeah, Julius Caesar, I had a lot of bridge theater productions on my list this year. I went to possibly everything the bridge theater's done this year. I don't know. But just because it was stuff that I really mm. wanted to see, like not because I was like, I'm going to see everything in their season. <laughs> it's just that they're putting on really great or interesting, interesting shows. And it's really exciting to have that sort of new venue in London, I think. It's being so creative. And a sort of broader theme, which is one of my highlights of the year, is off West End theatre. So obviously Abby's talked about The Bridge. I saw... Alleluia and a very 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 dark matter at the bridge this year and enjoyed both of them um we saw fun home at the young vic we saw bring it on at the southwark playhouse which was great um we saw heathers at the palace obviously that transferred to the west end but i think it was better at 
Fear the Palace, even though I didn't see it in the West End. <laughs> we saw Little Shop of Horrors at the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. And all those shows were like real highlights of my year. And I just think it's great that there's so many chances being taken on kind of different, smaller shows. And you really don't have to spend sort of like £90 on a theatre ticket to see great theatre in London. You know, it's much more affordable off West End and the quality of the shows is just as good, often better, because it's less sort of like they need to sell tickets so it's going to be something quite commercial and more they can do something that's like an intimate and take more creative risks. Obviously, you get a lot of rubbish stuff. I'm not going to name any names. I think there's just so many little venues in London Mm. that we're not even aware of. So I went for my for the first time to Park Theatre this year, um, which is up in Finsbury Park, right near to the station. Like, I've been in that area so much and just didn't know it existed. Mm-hmm. And the production I saw there was, you know, it was just doing something really interesting and it was sort of politically driven in ways that sort of maybe a lot of big money makers wouldn't be able to be because of the sort of financial ties, which is, you know, sad truth of capitalism. But it's... Yeah, I just think every time I go see something off West End, it makes me want to do it more. Yeah. And I, I should be better at it. And and I will be better at it. But yeah, well, I agree. We, like We, we can start next good. week by going to the Menier Chocolate Factory to see Fiddler on the Roof. Yes, that's true. Which I couldn't love... be more destined for transfer if it yeah. tried, but still. We're seeing I it love Chocolate Factory. Factory. Yes, I love me it. too. I haven't been for ages. I no, haven't been since we didn't go She last Loves year. Me. Yeah. Or Into the Woods. Was that, after, that was after She Loves Me. But either way, 2018. But yes, we did not go, go to, to and I factory. really love it there. I think Assassins is still one of the best things Oh, that was seen. so good. And that was at the chocolate battery. That was so good. We're getting off topic. 2018, Whoops. lots of great stuff in off West End theatres, which is really exciting. And long may it continue. Amen. So that's all of our highlights of 2018. Let's talk about things that we were less pleased with. I don't have many of these, which is good, I no. think. Me neither. I just have a couple of shows that I was really excited about and sort of let me down slightly. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's a disappointment because it's fine to not really have expectations. But yeah, there were a couple, I which I feel bad. Do I feel bad? Yeah. Uh, this this is why I can't be a, like a critic because I'm like, I feel bad I feel being so bad mean. Like, the show They worked review. really hard. Everyone was working really hard. I just didn't really think it worked. Um so the big one of those, the I think, for both of us was Hades Town. For sure, yeah. Which we both were sort of really looking forward to because the cast is good and it's at the National and there's never anything bad at the National, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then at the interval, And people we loved were, it so much. People loved that show. People loved the music. And I thought, yeah, I was like, I hadn't listened to it, but I was like, I'm so excited that I'm going to see this show that everyone loves. I'm going to experience it the way it's meant yeah. to be experienced. Just like seeing it, hearing it for the first time. Yeah. Living it. And then yeah. at the interval, we were both just sort of like, this is not that good it was just kind of fine even Oblazada obviously is the light of my life she was and great she was incredible and I could watch her all day but Reeve Carney was just not he wasn't good, good. he wasn't good at all like he had no charisma he I'm sure he's a lovely boy he looks and he's very got a lovely nice voice. he seems I'm sure he seems like a delightful but human he being. had no stage presence he had no stage presence but also his voice wasn't right for the role so uh, it's yeah, not like I think he's bad as a performer he has a lot of potential but um <laughs> That was me like half doing a Louis Walsh impression, but then like that stopping myself. Very good Louis Walsh it's because I stopped myself and I was like, why are you doing a Louis Walsh impression? <laughs> and people won't know what's what you're doing. And then I just said potential really weirdly. I might say that again, so it sounds less weird. <laughs> he has a lot of potential. <laughs> That's not less weird. Uh, uh, keep it in. Who gives a shit? Keep it in, yeah. Yeah, he has a lot of potential, but it just, it wasn't, it, 
he couldn't quite reach some of the notes yeah, and, and i, I felt was like worried he, for him every single time yeah it really took and me i felt like me. he there was no chemistry between him and even Obizada because no. i felt like he just kind of didn't I didn't he root for him at all. To the partnership. He was just, he was kind of there, but anyone could have, like, I can think of so many actors who would have done that better. Oh my God, me too. Uh, I just don't really get that casting, which was a shame. It was a but- shame. I also thought the music, while, you know, very pretty and listenable, that all the songs sort of blended into one and they yeah. were all so long so long you could have cut like two minutes out of each song yeah and that would have been fine and i also thought it thought it was cleverer than it was like yes. there's a whole song about building a wall yes. why do we build the wall and and i feel like just like very we, repetitive we got you it, said it enough you know? times i got i got the metaphor we we get who's building a wall in the real world we, we know yeah. who you're talking about um i just there were a lot of moments like that where i was like i think you think this is better than it like not better mm. but just like smarter than it is and i just really yeah. didn't think it was making any point in an original way it wasn't saying anything new, I didn't no. think. I didn't like, like the sort of... Well, I did not like it. I just didn't like see the point in the framing device. Like, you could have done like a really cool version of the story of Orpheus and Eurydice with like similar music and it wouldn't have had to be like... I just didn't... Literal railroads. Yeah, like literal railroads and like a bit like 1984 sort mm. of. But also like mixed with like the Hunger Games. Yeah. Because there's no food. And like, it just... I just didn't like it. Yeah. I thought the choreography was good. And the stage the set was, was, set cool. was impressive. The set was cool. Um, um, the guy who played Hades, I can't remember his name, I'm very sorry. I didn't think could sing. I like everyone was like, oh my god, his voice was so deep and rich. And like he had a very deep voice, yeah, but that doesn't mean he can sing. I also thought there was stuff like that where it's like I'm going to say this like I'm someone who can write musicals. <laughs> but I feel like isn't it kind of the obvious choice to have the king of the underworld be like a really deep bass like so yeah. deep that there's like it's that it's that bit of bass because there wasn't it's enough like variety in it it was just like that's really cool to listen to for a bit if they have somewhere else to go but yes. they, he kind of never went anywhere else so no, i kind of think probably because he couldn't go anywhere else. i don't think it's his fault i think it's mm. the way the songs are written well, i think too. the singer like i'm sure he has more range but it's just like everything was so down that it was just like he never it, it's that bit where it's like it's so low like even on a piano you can kind of stop you stop mm. hearing the difference in notes as much yeah i don't know like it was something i just thought that it, it kind of felt like it was trying to do something smart but every choice it made was slightly obvious since like i wasn't surprised by anything it was, that just it was like trying to do the bit if you know the story of orpheus and you really see obviously she has to follow him out of hell and if he turns around and looks then she dies and i swear to god they were walking around the turntable for a good five minutes yeah doing nothing else but just walking and singing walking and, and singing also like, and it just dragged on and it so shouldn't much. drag like that should be a real tense moment yes but nothing about how like, it was just turn around already like, we all know we you're go. gonna turn around yeah just do it so we can move on from this scene yeah i think that's the thing i didn't the plot for that it, it, it's not a long story do you know what i mean like if you were reading the book it would be what 25 pages yeah. and they dragged it out for nearly three hours yeah. i was just like this is it's it's like not, watching the hobbit films isn't it it's like watching the hobbit films it when was, everyone talks so slowly yeah. because they need to fill the time and is it like it got some positive reviews like it got some kind of high starred reviews mm. but it was this weird thing of like because we saw it one of the final previews so we yes. saw it just a few days before the reviews came out and i was like really intrigued to see what people had to say and a lot of people were like very critical of it but then gave it kind of four stars i was just yeah. like well i don't understand where have those come from if you're that critical like I don't know. I just 
everyone's like so the main lead is awful but four stars and and also just as a character is written really poorly like yeah he was quite he had no stage presence but also like his character like you just orpheus is like so blah also the song it's like it's sort of like oh my god it's like in rent when roger's like i've written the song and it's shit and all of his other songs have been the most beautiful song orpheus sings this song which is meant to like make hades cry and And it it was a really it was too high for him and it wasn't a particularly good song and i was like really like the song that in the Too musical called Wait For Me, which is just a random song that he sings, was much better than and that. And I think, like, sang. I can kind of still hear that in my head, but I think it's because it's very much like a Christmas song. <laughs> and I can't think now what that Christmas song is, but it didn't, it, it felt very familiar because I mm. think it very much is something yeah, that someone else is. It's a hook that someone else is. Ta- like, yeah, you're right. It just was not, that was not. It was not good. It was not. I did like Wait For Me. That was my favourite song in the I whole thing. I think there were moments of it that were done really well. And that, but because I wasn't like, I wasn't, I hadn't been pulled into the production. I mm. was like, I felt like I was a very objective person. Being like, this is a good yes. song. I'm aware that this is done very well. Yeah. But I don't really, I, wasn't I, I don't really care. at all. Whereas, you know, a oh show Oh my God. And also like, the self-indulgent ending where after the current call, they sang for another five minutes. Oh, another yeah. average as fuck song. And I'm like, <laughs> I just want to leave. Let me out of this theatre. Stop yeah. singing more, please. God, it was like something about a cup. And then it's like, cheers to everyone. It's like, yes. cheers. Now, and also like, weren't they they were all singing as if they were just like in some sort of like blues like club and i was like that's not the vibe i'm getting here guys this is not i don't understand the woman who played um persephone Persephone, she was great she was fine i didn't dislike her and you know it's like band on i like when the bands involved the band were good and to be like set and the lighting were beautiful the set was gorgeous and so in a way the national is as great as ever but the olivier stage is great as ever the view is fantastic yeah. but again affordable theater go to the national yeah but just uh, don't go it was just Hades such Town. a disappointment because i was i was so i was expecting so much more i was expecting something that would like blow me away in a sort of similar way to sort of fun or like yeah. i would just get like when we went to see heathers i was like i get why yeah this is has such a big fan base because you're like immediately yeah. drawn in i've listened to that to the cast recording so many times since because yeah. it's just like there are some massive songs that are just stuck in your head and just like pop into your mind yeah. the next day or whatever. Mm. Hades Town, no. I, I can't remember anything about didn't, it. Didn't like, didn't leave the theatre with a song in my head. No. Just didn't really care about anyone or anything. I will be interested to see how long it lasts on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. If you're in New York, it will be okay. If you're on in Broadway New York this year, <laughs> do you know we get a lot of listeners from the Netherlands? Hello Netherlands. Hello Amsterdam. <laughs> Hello Amsterdam. This Hello. Is calling. <laughs> always do a poor um so that's about Hades Town right I think that's sorry to everyone involved in Hades Town I'm sorry we've been mean we wanted to like it we really are sorry everyone's winners in our eyes they are it's um, true you still got our money and it's closed in London now so we can't really affect anything you you still win Sorry, sorry, Benoît Bazaar, if you're listening Eva, to this. You we'd were, like to interview we, you. We love you, you're great, and you were phenomenal. Come back to London soon, please. Um, keep doing London theatre, please. Thank I watch you. you and Miss Saigon all the time on DVD. <laughs> Bye. Please don't hate us. Sorry. That's how we um, should end every podcast. Bye, sorry. Bye, sorry. <laughs> so those are some of our highlights and lowlights of 2018. Sorry that we bitched about Hades Town so much, but uh, we didn't get a chance to review our, it at the time. No, so. and that was our only low light because we don't. When we've got very high standards, there's so much good stuff that when something is like less than brilliant, it's like yeah. it stands out. 
It's also bad. I mean, I saw Knights of the Rose last year and that was still... Uh, <laughs> that wasn't on our <laughs> that list. Well, that's the thing. thing. It's like it was a fun. show that can be fun. bad and still enjoyable. Yeah. Like I saw Legally Blonde like three times. And to be fair, I actually think Legally Blonde is a great show. But I get that a lot of people wouldn't. But, but it's you can't not fun. enjoy it. Yeah, it was. I think that's the thing. It's yeah. that Hadestown took itself so seriously. And yes, was like, it was not yeah, fun. Not that. It was boring. Yeah, special. It was dull. Yeah. Sorry, sorry again. It. We've just bitched about it again. Sorry. Oh. So sorry. Bye. Sorry. 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 Goodbye. Um, Goodbye. Sorry. If you have other highlights or lowlights that you'd like to let us know about, you can tweet us at UpstagePod. We're going to try and be more active on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow us at UpstagePod on both of those things. And yeah, talk to us. We're quite nice people. We'll try and be better at this We're going to be better in 2019. We are also going to be moving to fortnightly episodes in 2019. To help us be better. Gives us more time to edit and make things sound better. And, and to plan. And to plan and actually prepare for these rather than just saying things off the cuff, which is what we've been doing thus far. So <laughs> I'm sure you couldn't tell. <laughs> so our next episode, which will be up in two weeks' time, on the 27th of January, is going to be our 2019 preview, during which we will also be able to review Fiddler on the Roof, which we will have I'm seen. so excited. Very excited to see that. We're seeing that next week. And we should also probably have bought some tickets to things so we'll be able to tell you what our upcoming theatre plans are for yes. the year. Lots of good stuff coming this year, so very excited to talk through it. Yay! Thank you, if you're still with us, for coming back after such a long hiatus. We Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks and for listening. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye! Perfect. Bye!